I would rather have the feeling of writing a great song or a great lick more than like having a great orgasm. Sure. More than like winning the lottery or write a great song, then listen to that song while I'm having an orgasm. <laughs> After finding out I just won the lottery, I would love to have that a would, combination of those. Yeah. Things. the steepers at home just so you know uh today we are drinking pink grapefruit it is by burden blend it is a green tea so probably steep around 175 or 180 for temperature i don't know what the brand says they probably say three minutes because a lot of brands say three minutes on green tea i do this for usually around four but between three and four i think it's fine this tea is fantastic it has definitely lifted my mood a little bit well i thought i lifted your mood it was the tea okay that's fine <laughs> that's fine i'm not listen i'm not taking it personally but i will tell you that later tonight when we're going to bed i will turn to jess and let her know that my feelings were hurt um <laughs> you got it do you ever do that when you're in a relationship or hanging with someone even if it's not super serious i used to my favorite thing was before going to bed just like turning to that person and just sharing my last weird thoughts of the night do you ever okay. do that i have not done that <laughs> okay, i haven't okay. i haven't been in enough intimate relationships to to do that okay i definitely share my weird thoughts all the time yeah you know but maybe that's something i could do and just like one of the last weird thoughts of the day and just like hey so I know you're going to have a lovely sleep, hopefully, but before yeah. you do, think about this because this is what I'm thinking about. Yeah, before you do, like, do you ever think ostriches are jealous that they don't fly in the sky? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Well, I don't know, man. By the size of their legs, I feel like they might see the other legs of the rest of the birds and be like, you know what? I'm glad that, that I'm be. like four feet tall, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I'm glad about that. Even yeah. though I'm only 5'10". When you walked in here, I was just like, oh, I'm jealous. Well, you know what it is? It's it's I, it's a pair of shoes. I, you know, they give me like an extra inch and a half. And I don't, you know, I like I, I'm already tall, so I don't buy shoes to give me the next yeah, inch you and a half. It. I don't need it. But every once in a while when I do, I'm like, you know what? I'm glad I'm wearing yeah. these boots today. You look good. You know, so yeah, a little extra height. Um, it is funny what you said earlier where you were like, I haven't been in, in enough intimate relationships. I was in a more serious relationship when I was much younger. I think it ended around like 21, 22. And then I kind of did this vague kind of lost at sea sort of thing where like I thought a couple people might be the thing and then it wasn't the thing, mm -hmm. but I wasn't, but it was never super duper serious. Yeah. I don't know if I'm explaining this very no, no, well, I hear you. but it like wasn't super duper serious. And then I think with Jess, it was the right time and the right person. Yeah, no, I think when I met this this current girl that I'm seeing, I definitely think it was kind of the right time. And I definitely think it is kind of the right person. Like we've both been kind of waiting for a relationship that feels truly reciprocative. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, it feels like we might be like 50-50 in this thing. Like, yep. let's, let's see how it goes. Go after something you want. And if you don't like it, then guess what? Bye bye. There are more fish in the sea. There's shrimp too. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, which we'll figure I, it out. I literally had some shrimp last night. Hey, there I really you go. Scampi or what? With, with, <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I know. I was not expecting such a specific point of question. Scampi? <laughs> I do love shrimp scampi. No, we we had yellow coconut curry with shrimp uh, in it. Oh man, I make my mouth water. It's so good. Okay, okay. Listen, right. we'll have you over. Okay, and we'll we'll make dinner for you. Let's I mean, do you, don't, you don't live far. Oh, I live the, like five minutes away. The last thing I was gonna say because I don't want to blow up this woman's spot at all. That that you're currently exploring a few, uh, whatever it is yeah. with. Does she live in? I'm gonna say like a. 30 minute radius of where you live. Yes. Okay. I think that is massive. 
Oh, hundred percent. In Los Angeles. In oh, Los 100%. Angeles. hundred percent. Like she's on the brink of where I would, or I would go to. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, if you were Thai town, I probably couldn't be seeing it. Well, way yeah. Too far. Like yeah. if you were like more central LA, which potentially is closer sometimes, sometimes it's further. Yeah. Like yeah, she's, yeah. She's in the Valley and I forgive her for that. No, but not deep, not deep, not deep. too deep. Like if she was in Burbank, I'd be like, okay, boo. No, you'd be this like, this is it not was so good. Meeting it was you. so good to meet you. Yeah. She's in the, the perfect spot where it's like, you know, no traffic, 25 minutes, a little bit of traffic, maybe 35, so. So that I can handle. Yeah. But how does that contrast? So I know, so you started in Florida. How long were you in Florida? I think you said around Tampa. I don't know if it was Tampa the whole time. Yeah. So, I mean, basically my life has been broken up pretty evenly. 18 oh. years in Tampa. Love it. Four years in Miami, four years in New York, now six and a half years in LA. Can I ask a really unfair question? Do it. Do you see your future here? Is this where it is? <sighs> As long as I'm doing entertainment, trying to be beautiful for you guys. and You are, you're a very handsome guy. Thank you. Yeah. I, I can't see myself in LA doing it, you know? Okay. I, I think if I had a career change, I could easily move away from Southern California. I don't feel like going back to Florida right now, whole lots of reasons. Mm -hmm. And I definitely think that I would want to, you know, stay closer to family, you know? So depending on where my brother ends up, where my mom ends up, it would be nice to be able to live closer to them. Having said all that, if I stay with entertainment, yeah, I could see myself in LA for a little while. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You did Tampa, then you did Miami. I'm guessing Miami was college. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So you were there. What? took you from Miami to New York. So I, I my, my aunt lives in New York. I always grew up going and visiting and New York has always been a second home. I just love the city. I've been addicted to it since I was a kid. Sure. And so I was just like, always like, oh, I want to live in New York. And I graduated college and I'm like, I don't want to be a broadcast journalist. I want to be an artist. You don't want to be a broadcast journalist. Every no, kid's dream. Every kid's dream. Uh, they were like, oh, if you want to be a broadcast journalist, go to Missoula, Montana and go get us. I was like, I am not doing any sort of starting job. And so I moved to New York to discover myself. You know, I self and found myself. How did it work out for you? You found yourself? I did. I found myself pretty quickly. Oh. I, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I had, I was a singer songwriter in college. That's when I started. And mm. then I moved to New York and I really fell in love with the blues. And for like that first like couple months, all I listened to was blues and oldies. And I just like, decided I'm like, hey, like these are the songs I want to sing. Like my life has been really good. I've never thought about a meal. I've never thought that I'd ever go broke, but I've experienced a shit ton of heartache. Yeah. I'm like, the blues fits me. Like, mm. you know, like write sad songs that make people feel better. Okay. So I happen to love the blues. Great. So I studied jazz guitar for 15 years. Cool. And when I got to school, I went to school in St. Louis, every kid's dream. And uh, <laughs> no, I loved, I loved it. I went to Wash U, it was great. When I so went did my there, mom. Wait, what? Yeah. Your mom went to Wash U? Yeah. Oh my God, did we go the same time? <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. Listen, uh, you, I, I think that, I don't know what age it's going to be for me, but I don't think I'm going to age well. So I think at a certain age, maybe it's like 45 or 50, it's, all of a sudden I'm going to look like I'm 80. And yeah. at that point, I don't know how old your mother is, but she might look younger she than me. She might look, hey, you know, I mean, she still looks like she's around 45. I think the secret is oils, like certain face oils okay. and stuff like that. Okay. Like I have a hobo oil as well as there's this other company. I don't know if I'm allowed to name drop them. I don't care. Go. We May, can bleep it May if you love don't want it. M-A-E-L-O-V-E. -E. They have okay. this oil. It's called Precious Facial Oil. I'm telling you, works wonders. Works wonders. Makes you feel fantastic and like just so smooth. I'm telling you, it's the move. Daytime, night, nighttime. 
You could do daytime and or nighttime and you don't need to use it every single day. Okay. But like as you start using it, you know what? I'll get it for you. I'll yeah. get it for you. Cause I need to, I need to re-up myself. Oh my God, please. I'll get you a please. little gift. I would love that. Yeah. Oh, you're the, you're the best. You, I really you can come back anytime. Hey, tell you what, let's um, do it. I'm already coming back for shrimp. So uh, yeah. Oh my God. We're going to do it. I'm telling you, I'm really, I, I genuinely am excited. I love making that kind of food. Oh, I love it too. I love cooking. I love cooking for other people. I love cooking for myself. It's, Are you, I feel like you're good. Oh, I don't know. Hell yeah, I'm dog. Getting I make it happen, you. bro. I make it happen. I throw it down in that kitchen. There ain't no games. What's Team your, no games. What's your best dish? My best dish is jerk chicken. I had a jerk chicken okay. party last year. A party? You had a jerk chicken party? Jerk chicken party. Love it. Just made a bunch of jerk chicken, invited some friends over. Got good it. handful of people said it's the best, not only jerk chicken, it's the best chicken that they've had in their entire life. Holy crap. And I'm not going to lie. The recipe is fire. I wish I like could take ownership of it, but obviously it came from a chef. But yeah, I, I make jerk chicken is probably the best thing I make. You found yourself musically in New York. Did you find, is that where the cooking started? I would say the cooking started in college. So I went to school for broadcast journalism and one semester we had to just watch television. That was like part of our homework. Just like I should have said one week you're watching Fox, one week you're watching CBS, one week you're watching NBC, just like the local programming on and on. And so part of that, I was watching 30 minute meals with Rachel Ray. Got it. And so that's where I kind of like got spurred on to cook. And then from there, it just kept on going and evolving. And then once you have a little bit more dominion and a little bit more like, you know, your own place and stuff, you just keep going. So you're in New York, you found the blues. Now, when I was playing music in New York, I was playing smaller places, but like my favorite place to play and I played there more than any other place in New York was the bitter end. That's Love where I played end. a lot. I have to guess you played there. Yeah. Where were the places when you started finding that blues was your calling, where were you playing? So my first like long-term gig was this bar called No Fun, Lower East Side. I don't know if I know it. Yeah, No Fun Bar was all fun. And, <laughs> what a uh, weird name, yeah. I know, right? So basically I kind of like had a residency like playing there Friday nights, Thursday nights and like I would play and then after like that, like they'd have a DJ and like the whole place would like turn up and it'd be like- Amazing. Like, kind of like a little club. So really having fun at no fun, like that's like kind of where I cut my teeth because I'd have to like play for two hours. And like back then it'd be like, oh my gosh, two sets of 45 minutes worth of music, like 18 songs. Like how am I going to figure that out? And like now I could like, you know, play a five hour gig, like no problem. Well, you mentioned off mic that you've played weddings before. In mm -hmm. order to do that, you must have to have, I mean, you can use like, you know, fake books, and lead sheets and things like that, but committed to your brain, you must have to have a ton of tracks. I have a definitely, definitely a lot of songs just committed to memory by now. And like, it's just uh, get the hamster wheel rolling and you just keep on rolling with it. One of my favorite things now is to like, you know, play a song that, I'm, that I've never played before, but like live at a gig, like a song that I've heard on the radio, like, you know, or a couple times or like through the years, but I've like never played. Like Miley Cyrus's Flowers, like I don't think I've ever actually listened to that song start to finish. I haven't, no. But I've played it at a gig and mm -hmm. I'm just like, you know, like I didn't do the absolute best. Honestly, probably the funniest was there was, I was down in OC and this dad is like, hey, like, can you play the song? Like it's a Father's Day like song. It's a country song. Never heard the song before, but I'm like, it's country. He's like, dude, you got it. You got it. I'm like, all right, pull up the chorus, pull up the lyrics. Play the song. I did pretty decent. Did you really? Pretty decent. You didn't even listen before to go, what never is this even sound heard, like? Never even heard it before. But I was like, it's kind of a country song. I'm like, I'm gonna have to put my spin on it. I got the chords. Let's yeah. just make it up. And then I listened to it later and I was like, honestly, wasn't that far off. 
Because certain country songs. That's not easy. You can tell how they're going to go. Sure. You know what I mean? So it was a song like a little more breaking, a little less gas for my Chevrolet because I got my little man with me. You know, it was a great song. It was a, it was a sweet oh, father. Yeah. yeah. Father-son song. Sounds like an interesting song. Um, <laughs> so before you found that you wanted to do music full time, were you playing guitar at a young age? No, I wasn't. I picked up guitar in college. I've always been playing music. I started with piano, was singing. Really the first instrument I was good at, besides my voice, because my voice is also an instrument, um, was the drums. I fell in love with the drums and like that's how I got introduced to so many different genres of music. Like I never liked rock and roll until I started playing the drums and then I got into the killers. I got into the Queens of the Stone Age and like Foo Fighters and all that. And I'm just like, wow, like I love rock and roll. And I'm like, I never thought I would, Mm. you know? And then like got into the roots and all different kinds of, you know? And so I would just go home and if I wasn't at soccer practice, I was playing the drums in my room. You know, playing so, things fall apart, just playing along. Now. Make it, making it happen, man. That is so interesting. Yeah, I always wanted to be good at drums. I was a, I was guitar and voice. I was never, never played drums. Mm-hmm. Wanted to. Wanted I think the drummer to. is the coolest person on the stage. I can beg to differ. Oh, being, other than you, being the lead singer, I'll beg to differ. You know what Let I mean? Me I gotta be honest with I you. I was the lead singer, but yeah. I had a very attractive bass player, okay. and it just was not fair. Yeah, I'm like, I was here doing work. And he's just there being like, boom, ba doop doom 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 And everyone's like, who is that guy? Who like, is that guy? Yo, I'm singing and playing. This guy's just doom ba doop doom over there. But did he have good hair? Yeah. You see, that's what I said. His dad is Cuban. His mom is half Venezuelan, half Italian. Oh, dang. He spoke at any given time, three to four languages. Oh, man. But was also just an incredibly sweet guy. And he was emo. Okay. So we weren't, Ooh. our music wasn't emo, Ooh. but he dressed emo. Mm. Ladies were like, he seems hurt. I want to help him. <laughs> Ah, I was like, help me, I'm hurt. Did he have a beautiful name too? You don't have to name drop it if you don't want I to. I don't mind dropping it. Let me tell you something, because this is how crazy it is. His name is Mark Falcon, but because it's Spanish, it's technically his last name was Falcon. Falcon. But people just called him Falcon. So can you imagine he's a bass player named Falcon? Oh, dang. No, I that's, no, I couldn't understand how he's Shut the hottest up. guy in your band, for yeah. sure. Can I say something? I'm sitting there as a, a like a front man, like a like a straight guy and seeing and women go you get it right and I look at him I go yeah obviously I obviously get it. I get it there's sex coming out of this base dude it, dude I'm telling you I looked at him I go yeah he's objectively stunning yeah I was like I get yeah. it yeah I no I it. see it I see it and I was like who wants the guy next door I'm right here no I was no, like you know no, answer was one person yeah I I didn't find that person yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. everyone came up they're like hey uh do, you know uh, he what's his name I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm like do you want to know my name they're like we do not no. We, like, don't. Okay. we don't. We don't. It's like, okay. I, I it talked to you from the stage for a while. They're like, you did. And I was wondering what his deal is. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you were at No Fun Bar. Mm-hmm. And then do you stuck around? Did anything precipitate the move to LA or you were just like, I need to change? I mean, a lot of things precipitated that move. I would say really one of the biggest things was I was uh, running an open mic with a friend. Mm-hmm. And my friend was like, hey, so it's been fun, but I'm going to move to LA. And I'm like, you're not leaving me here by myself. And so that just like kind of spurred the thought about leaving and like, I was working full time at UNICEF and that was great working for the UN. It was kind of crazy. Okay, we're gonna go back to that in a second, but go ahead. And like my contract was ending and I'm like, all right, let me at least take this month off, go on a little tour. Took the month off, went on a little tour, got back to New York. I'm like, if I wanna stay here, I have to get another full-time job. And I'm like, I have a little bit of money saved up. Like, why don't I just try moving to LA? 
and seeing what it's like. And so then I did. And I told everybody because I didn't want to leave. I'm like, I'll be back in like three months. Of course, three months later, I'm like still here and not coming back to New York at all. Yeah, well, it also depends the month, right? If you say, hey, I'm going to come back in three months and the month was like February, you're like, nah. Yeah, the month was December and I'm like, how (laughs) am I going to come back December 15th to New York City? Like, I will say that I think that December in New York is gorgeous. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still, Um, fall in New York is, oh. So Beautiful. I'm a November baby. What nice. Your, what, what month? December, December, December 22nd. Okay. Yeah, man. Phenomenal time. Yeah, Cause, yeah. Because if I were you, I would be like, oh yeah, all these lights are for me. Dude, uh, of course. Yeah. I, cel- I celebrate the whole damn month, bro. You should. I worked twice on my birthday. Okay. Both of those birthdays, I was having my ties at lunch. Like who wants to work three days before Christmas? Like nobody wants to. Not Nobody's this doing guy. Not me. You know? No. Yeah. So like, I love, don't get me wrong. I love doing stand up and I, and I, and it's so, it refreshes my soul. Yeah. You think I did it the week of Christmas. You're out your mind. No. I, <laughs> and, and, I'm out. And I'm, and I'm a Jew. I'm still like, yeah. I'm like, this is my week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah dude, Of course, man. Yeah. You got 12 days, dog. Come on. Let's celebrate. I'm, I never used to. I mean, obviously to the shock of nobody was not celebrating Christmas, but yeah. you know, Jess is Christian. She goes, we're doing Christmas. And then I started learning like all these real important things to know about Christmas that I didn't know where it's just like, yeah, we do cookie decorating and you really got to try. And I'm yeah. like, but I'm not good at this. I'm not good at this. Well, yeah, we got to try to be She's good. like, you got to really work on it. And then she was like, yeah. And then you wear matching outfits Christmas day. I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, you know, the guys, my mom gets outfits for the guys and outfits yeah. for the girls. And I'm yeah, like, we got the, the slippers, the socks, everything. I yeah. wear slippers everywhere. I don't care what, what hey, man, month it is. It's I wear slippers move. at home. I wore my slipper in my robe to walk my dog in the morning. Even if it's like 1130, I don't care. I, do, I don't care. Right. This is my neighborhood. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. No, you're welcome to do whatever you want. Yeah. I, the, I'm not even embarrassed to share this. I should be, but I'm not. <laughs> I have two of the same pair of slippers. I'm not going to name the brand because they're not sponsoring. But okay. uh, if they were, I would. <laughs> but I own, I own two pairs of these slippers. One that I wear at home and one that I bring on the road with me. So when I'm staying in like hotels, motels, whatever, when I'm doing other stuff, I bring them with me. Bro, you know, and you know what it is? Mm. The people who don't understand that, they don't wear slippers enough. I don't understand why people don't. They don't. I mean, dude, it's like, it's something that people should have on deck for when one gets a little bit old or my dog comes up and chews up the back, you have another one ready to go. It's one of the best gifts you can give to somebody. It's like, hey, I want you to be comfortable. I Thank you. I don't understand. Nah, man, people don't know. People don't know. They don't think enough. I have to ask, and we're going to get to the newly friend game. I just have to ask really fast what kind of dog, because I'm visioning it now and I want to know. I have a miniature schnauzer. Her name is Betty, specifically Black Betty Bam Blam Watson. So yeah. she's, a, she's a Ram Jam dog. Ram Jam. Every morning waking her up. Oh, Black Betty, Bam Blam. Oh, Black Betty, Bam Blam. Black Betty had a child. Bam Blam. The damn thing going wild. And she goes crazy. You probably don't want her to go wild. No, no. But she's just <laughs> but the best does. dog, man. This dog came good. I mean, like I didn't. I've had to train her, but she's just the best dog. Super sweet. I'm going to take us to the first segment. Are you ready for the newly friend game? Ready for it. It's like the newlywed game, but we're friends. I mean, who knows? Things may change in the future, but we're yeah. friends for now. I have a question that I ask. We both write down our answers. First, I ask you the question. Okay. Uh, we write down our answers, then we'll do it for me. Okay. Sometimes I ask different questions. Today, I'm going to do the same one. The question is, who is your favorite blues musician? Okay. There's so many people. There's a whole lot of them. So many people that I love. I know who I'm going to go with. 
Great. All right. You ready to flip your board on three? One, two, three. Oh, great answer. Okay. So Chris put Muddy Waters, which is a phenomenal answer. I put down BB King, mm -hmm. who I thought was a good answer, but apparently the thrill is gone. Um, <laughs> oh, that's great. Man, Muddy Waters is such a good, I should have written that. Yeah, man. I'm going to look back on this moment as a real big missed opportunity. It's okay. It's okay. Do you like BB King at all? I do like BB King, but- it's more of like a Beyonce type thing, like where I see the legend and the path that he paved and there's a lot of respect more than I specifically like his style of blues. Interesting. You know? Like okay. I'm way more like Muddy Waters, his delivery is so good. And For then, sure. uh, you know, right under him, barely under him is Albert King. Cause he just is just so clever and like his delivery and like the songs and everything. So yeah. So we're going to move really quickly because I have things to say, but I can't say them until we do mine. Can you guess who my favorite blues musician is? Don't, don't say it, but write it down. One, two, three. Oh, Gosh, how so did I not even get? Uh, I thought you were going to get that because I said you'd think it was funny. So uh, he wrote down Howlin' Wolf, which is a great guess, but the answer is Albert King. Albert King. That's why we had to rush into mine because I couldn't say anything. You know, you know what it is about Albert King? He's, He's amazing. He just has these lines that are just so true. One of my favorite lines, <laughs> and I was telling this to my new girl and she was like, you know, a little like, I don't know if I should be offended by this or this or that. He has a line said, a big leg woman gonna carry me to my grave, born under a bad sign. And uh, I just love that a big legged woman gonna carry me to my grave. I'm like, damn right she will. I just need some meat to grab onto. 100%. And by the way, just from you singing that one line, I'm like, yeah, I date you. Uh, <laughs> let's go. Um, yeah, man. Albert King's my favorite, man. Albert King is incredible. Yeah. I, I just had to, I don't usually rush this segment, but I was like, oh my God, I can't talk about, I can't answer what he just said unless yeah. we do this. Um, going back to your story, you're learning the blues. By day, you're working at UNICEF. Yeah. How the hell did that happen? So I mean- I say that in not in a mean way. No, 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 for sure. I mean, I was basically working at, you know, I was doing the whole artist thing and working at a temp agency. And uh, oh, yeah. I got a call from this temp agency saying, hey, like I actually have potentially a really great gig for you. Can you start next week? And I'm like, I'm in LA doing The Voice right now. Like I'll call you when I get back. And so I- Finished the voice. I ended up like not making it on the show, but like it was just such a crazy experience. I just heard your voice, and that makes no sense to me whatsoever. And it's because it's television, and they're producing a show. They're did, not. Did they air your audition? No, like my I didn't even get to audition in front of the judges. They had like five days of auditions, and they put me on day five and said, "Hey, we're really sorry, but all of the slots on the teams filled up, so you guys are just gonna go home." But what it is, it's like, it's a TV show. Like, have you heard of who Morgan Wallen is? Yeah. He's a country singer. Mm -hmm. He was also on day five. He didn't get to audition as well. Like, like with me on the show. So it's like, it's not a matter of like who's talented enough. It's like what they're trying to fit for the season. I'm not shy about how television works and stuff. They fill their quota of black singers <laughs> and like they put me on this other day. They like had me and another guy sing a John Mayer song. Is that your bag, John Mayer? It's one of my bags. Okay. I could sing pretty much any John Mayer song. And they gave me the worst John Mayer song of all time. His Daughters. worst single. No, no, no. Daughters is a, I sang that in one of the auditions. Oh, I don't like uh, uh, but song. his worst song vocally to try to make your own is Your Body is a Wonderland. Ooh. He sings in one range X amount of notes, you know? And if you want love, 
We'll make it like you can't even. This is bound to be a while. Like even like that's like a little bit, but like there's that's, not. That's you, a little more flavor than he puts on it. Exactly, but like there's not like a place that you could really show off and do a run anywhere in there. Dude, there's no. There, the energy is always like a wave. So I'm like, did they do this to me on purpose? Probably, yeah. But it's okay. Like it's their producers making a show. I forgive you. But did you want to ever go back on the Voice? Not necessarily. Okay. Uh, you know. And uh, it, it all worked out eventually. You I know. know. Well, we'll touch on how it worked out because yeah. I don't think the listeners know yet how it worked out. No. But you Okay, so you came out here. You were here for a couple days, a week? I was out here. They flew me out here once, I think. And then I flew back to New York. Then I flew out here for like three weeks, three and a half, four oh weeks. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You were here for four weeks. They didn't put you up. No, no. I'm offended on your behalf. No, it's okay. You know, it's like, it's all a learning process. I got like a backlot tour at Universal. Oh, just fun. Just like dressing rooms and all this stuff. And I got to see and see all different elements of production. Like I went to school for journalism. And so before my like executive producer audition, I met Mark Burnett. And like, I know like came from like Survivor. I literally was studying this guy like, a year or two before. And then right before the audition, I was like, hey, like, oh, you're about to go on audition? I'm like, cool. I'm like, oh yeah, nice to meet you, Mark. And I'm like, well, all of anxiety is like kind of out the window. Like he's just another guy working a job. Yeah. His job happens to be the producer of Survivor, the longest and most successful reality program in that regard. And like, this is oh, like yeah. right before The Voice uh, won Emmys and stuff. I think like the season right before is like, they were like nominated for Emmys and just, just won like their first Emmy, blah, 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 blah. So the show is continuing to blow up. And so, you know, you just realize that like everybody who's doing something entertainment, they're just somebody working a job. It's up to you to put them on a pedestal, depending on what it is. Like there are definitely a handful of musicians that I would be floored to meet. Sure. But a handful of the, most of the other ones, I'm like, great. Like you do what you do really well. And that's really cool. I've met a good, a handful of like pretty successful songwriters and just like been like, oh, like, yeah, that's great that you write songs that have had 4 billion streams. There's another guitarist, uh, Mateus, the Brazilian dude. He's like, he plays with Tori Kelly. He plays with Bruno Mars and Silk Sonic. And another person who, if I met Anderson Pack, I don't know if I'd be able to keep it together. I, I met him. I was able to keep it together because like, he's just- Was he cool? He he's seems so like cool. Yeah. He's just the dude, you know? And I got to meet the whole band. At, I, I went to the Silk Sonic concert. It was one of the best nights of my entire life. I'm like a one percenter fan, like where I bought the shirt, I bought the sweater, I bought the album. You gotta though. I don't, if you're into you it, to. if you're into it, make it, make it a make thing. Make it a whole thing. And so like I went to the concert, luckily it was at the after party. I walk in and the producer D Mile is there and he's also Haitian. I'm like, yo D, what's up? And he's like, hey, what's up bro? Like obviously there's no idea who I am, but I just chat him I'll up and I'm just did. real, real respectful about it. And uh, you know, I mean, there's, like, you know, if I met Bruno, I would, you know, be a little floored as well, but I would still just be like, oh, what's up? You know, like, yeah. you know, you're, like, you're just a cool dude. You know what's crazy is that I will bet, and I'm sure that you might not register it, that after you perform and people come up to you and say good set, some people might be feeling that about you. Do you ever think about that? Oh, 100%. That you're that person for other people. Oh, definitely. That happens and I, it has happened. And it's like, oh, you, you're, you're I can't believe I'm taking a photo with. You know, no, it, it, it has happened. I still don't, you know, think too much of it just because like, you know, I think like, you know, the art is an extension of me. Mm. I genuinely care about everybody that I meet. I know that a handful of people are 
getting handful of people are not like that. You know, some people just want to treat things as transactional, but I'm like, you know, every moment is special. Life is full of moments. And it's like, you got to string together moments to create joy and to create happiness. And that's how it goes. So I'm like, Hey, if I could leave yeah. this moment with a little bit of joy, a little bit of grace, then boom, you know? I feel like I just like got a, a well, like one of the better life lessons I've had oh, in yeah. a while. Uh, 100%. I'm, just, I'm literally sitting here being like, remember this moment. You should, you should. And then like, cause that's what, so this is what it is. My brother's a lawyer and the whole reason that we got connected yeah, actually. I'll tell that on the pod in a second. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And something that he was telling me when I was coming up, he's like, Hey man, so like to help you with your performances, you know, if you're not feeling into it or this or that or da, 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 da. Try to remember how you felt when you wrote that song, when you wrote that lyric and you're like, oh, that's a good song, a good lyric. Remember that when you're performing it, you know? And I'm like, you know what? You're right, Raj. Because a lot of these people haven't heard my music. They haven't heard my song or they don't really know what it's really like. So it's like, bring yourself back to those moments that like made you feel. Because there's a lot of great things in life and some people might be like, what the top is. I would rather have the feeling of writing a great song or a great lick more than like having a great orgasm. Sure. Or more than like winning the lottery or more than like getting a new car or this or that. I would, one of the best feelings to me, really just expressing yourself truly, you know, that's one of the best feelings to me. I completely agree. I mean, I think yeah. like if, if I could necessarily like write a great song then listen to that song while I'm having an orgasm <laughs> after finding out I just won the lottery I would love to have that a would, combination of those yeah, things yeah that might that might cause a heart attack yeah, but at the yeah, same that, time yeah, that might be too much that might be it that it might, might be, be it, it. Yeah. And, and, and honestly if that was it if that was the end of life what a great Fuck way to it, go dude, out are you kidding me come what on what a great way to go out yeah man so I do want to briefly tell everyone how we got connected yeah I still think this is hilarious so so <laughs> Jess works at uh, the same company as your brother. Yeah. I get home. She says to me, we had a concert at work, which by the way, like what an amazing yeah. situation to be in. Like, yeah, yeah, I just went to work. We had a big concert, great DJ. And she's talking about this performer that blew her away. Now, let me tell you something. Okay. She is not easily impressed. Okay. This singer songwriter guy yeah. blew her away, was wow. so good, was so talented. And wow. she's like, how come you had him on Steve Conversation go, who is it? She didn't give the name. She yeah. go, who is it? Because his name is Chris Watson. And I was like, don't say it like that. Don't say it like you're interested. You're dating me. She's, yeah, yeah. she's like, she's like, Chris Watson. Chris Watson. Yeah. I was like, yeah. his name is Chris Watson. Don't go Chris Watson. Like, I don't like that. <laughs> so anyway, so she like says your name and uh and she's like, she's like, gotta look him up. I look you up. I listen. Obviously, she's right. You have the voice of an angel. Thank and you. I'm just like, this Thank guy's you. great. She goes, I'm going to talk to his brother. Over time, we'll develop a relationship. He seems really cool. And I feel like we'd be good friends. And then over time, once we, and she continues to talk and I go, cool, I just messaged him. <laughs> and she's like, you what? Yeah. And I was like, yeah. I said, here's the thing. I might've hesitated because I thought you were great and I figured you were probably busy. And then I saw that he does music and now he also does comedy. I think we're kindreds. I'm just Yeah, no, hundred percent, bro. hundred percent. I want to get back to, because we didn't talk about, we talked about your first trip to LA, how yeah. you came out here for The Voice. Yeah. And then you went back to New York. When you came back out to LA, a lot of people don't know this, you ended up getting on to a different show. I did. Do you want to talk about that process? Yeah, it was it was hilarious. You tell me the whole thing, because I don't know, but I will say I have a friend who works at ABC mm -hmm. and she said she knows you. Like oh, she's no familiar way. with who you are. I don't know if you two are friends, but she's no, familiar no, no, with no. you. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad that she's familiar. I mean, you know, it's the way it is. Uh, so I get back to LA. I go to a, uh, 
a listening party with my friend for Anthony Ramos. You know, he yeah, did absolutely. the Hamilton and like literally heights, chilling yeah. and talking with Anthony and just like, he's like, oh, like, what's your deal? And I'm like telling him I just got back. Long story short, I get back home after that and I get this email saying like, hey, we think that you like could do this like reality, like dating show, like this and that. And I'm like so delusional. I'm like, sure, like let's just do like an on-phone interview. I'm like still all delirious. I do the interview and it was great. They're like, hey, like we would love to do something in person. I'm like, okay, cool. Everything for this show is just starting to line up. And did they tell you what it was yet? Or they just said it's a show? They said it's like a dating show. Okay. So and they weren't was, specific. They weren't all the way specific. And okay. so they were like, okay, bring your guitar. And the interview is like five minutes away. I'm like, once again, another check. Oh, this thing yeah. is five minutes away. So I go do that interview. I crush it. They're like, okay, we're going to have another interview. I'm like, I'm used to this process relatively. Sure. I show up to this hotel. It was a hotel that I did the voice, you know? You and I'm like, wow. Me. One of the last times I was here, I was with my dad. And like my dad, like that was like his like finally coming to Jesus moment of me doing, being an artist of yeah. saying like, hey, Chris, like you didn't make it on the show, but these people are no more talented than you. Like if anything, you're more talented because you're an artist. You're not just a singer, blah, 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 blah. And so I go and I have to do this whole, you know, there's so much stuff that they're having you do. It's finally time for me to go and like meet with the executive producers. Before I do that, they're like, okay, you're gonna have a small on-camera interview. I'm like, okay, fine. So I get into this room, it's a dark room. I could barely see anybody. And like all of the people, like there's like a handful of like producers and sound guys there. I'm just sitting there waiting for the, whoever's gonna come and interview me. The guy walks in the room, he goes, hey, my name is Patrick. We're just gonna have a conversation. And I'm like, Patrick is my father's name. And this is one of the last places I saw my dad. I'm like, sure, Patrick, let's talk. We just talk and everything was super chill. I go into that. After that, I go into the executive audition and like all the producers are there and they're just like basically kind of asking like, would you be like nervous to like perform on television? Like this and that. And I'm like, dude, no. I like work with people's kids. Like literally like people hand me the most precious part of their life. Little children. They're like, dance with the kids, throw the kids around, have fun. So Yeah. I, that's kind of how I fell into the show. And, you know, I crushed that interview is one of the best, if not the best interviews and auditions I've ever had. And I just like, after that, I like got home and I'm like, if I don't do this show, then like there's something wrong with them because like, I don't understand how they wouldn't want me. Like yeah. it just was perfect. 2019 as well as like the, was like the first year that I opened up and was like, you know what? I'm, I'm ready to start dating again. Let's mm. put my, my heart out there. Cause for so long I was like, if I can avoid emotional heartbreak and heartache. I'm just going to do it because life is easier and I'm going to avoid it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so have they, at this point, have they told you this show is a spinoff of The Bachelor? Yeah. Like, have they, yeah. Okay. I, I knew it was like, you know, by like, you know, one of the other interviews, I knew it was a spinoff of The Bachelor and okay. I knew the title and I knew what it was going to be about, that it was going to yeah. be musicians trying to date each other. And I've never dated a musician. So I was like, okay, like, let's try this out. It's new, it's new, it's new. Everything is new. So let's figure it out. So you end up getting on the show. What, what's the process like once you started doing it? Were you like, I don't want to be on here or I'm thrilled to be here? I never both. have like nervous sweated or anything <laughs> like that. I'm about to get like at the house and like meet Chris Harrison. Yeah, yeah. They put me in a gray shirt. I like, I bought this leather jacket for the show. It's like for like the intro, yeah. left it at home. Oh, no. So they put me in like a gray button down. I'm like, these motherfuckers did it on purpose. Cause like gray is like the most obvious thing. You could see the sweat. Oh like, yeah. And I'm like literally like praying to God. I'm like, God, if you don't let me stop sweating right now, 
I don't think I'm going to forgive you. Like, you know, like I was like having these, you know, either way. God gets much harder asks than that. I, think. I know yeah. he really does. <laughs> he, it, you know what I'm saying? Whatever you guys are into. And so I finally go in there and like meet Chris Harrison and like walk into the, the show and all the cameras are on. And I swear it's like an earthquake. That was like the most nerve wracking moment of my entire life of just like walking in there and like, you know, there are people behind the camera saying like, go this way, you know? Cause like, you're just like walking in there and it's like all of a sudden it's just like, Hey, you're here and you're on. And I'm like meeting all these people and I'm like, I'm telling you, I could not get a drink fast enough just to like try to like calm the nerves. It was unbelievable. That first night was just memorable in all kinds of ways. The craziest experience of my entire life, hands down. Now, fast forwarding. So you go through the show. Yeah. Please correct me if I'm wrong. It went pretty well for you. It went pretty well for me. <laughs> I ended up, I ended up winning the yep. show. Yep. And, and one of the questions that they had like previously was like, so like, if you like got like knocked off the show early, like how would that make you feel? I'm like, well, that's not going to happen. There's no way I'm going to like make it onto the show and like get knocked off early like this. So it's not going to happen. And then sure enough, I ended up winning the show and finishing it. You know, what happens at that point? You win, then what? So we won with a, my partner, Bree, at the time. And uh, we were, they were like, all right, well, you guys are going to do an album. You're going to do a music video and you're going to go on like a, a six city tour. Amazing. I'm like, wow, this is incredible. And the pandemic shuts everything down. No. We wrapped filming February 12th. The shutdown was March 13th. So I did not know that. Yeah. You know, one of the other things is like, you don't have communication when you're on the show. So we were in a hotel, like right before we went on. And like, one of the things I see is like Trump this, something else with that. Oh, and like, there's like also like this like new virus, like starting to come out. And I was like, oh, well, I don't know. I feel like I kind of bad about this new virus coming out. And then I like don't have any communication for a couple of days. And all of a sudden I'm in LAX. I see people with face masks. I'm like, oh, so this virus hasn't gone anywhere. Maybe it's actually coming here. And then, you know, on and on and on. I wasn't able to tell people what I was doing, where I was for the last month, you know, cause I just went cold on communication, you know, so. Oh my Lord. Yeah. I can't believe that. I didn't realize that like- yeah. All that was supposed to happen. And then once the pandemic lifts, they go, yeah, yeah, it's not happening. Oh yeah, no, that's it, it. You know, me and my partner, we're not together anymore. It's, it's kind of a blessing in disguise in some ways, but at the same time, like I was definitely looking forward to being available for all these people who were just like, oh my gosh, there's this TV star who's in front of my face now. Yeah. You know, I had to mourn that loss of like not being able to play weddings for 10 grand, 20 grand, you know, cause all that stuff would have been there where they're like, oh my gosh, like we have the winner from The Bachelor singing at my wedding, you know, and it still does happen, but it yeah. would have been a lot nicer to be able to. Sure, but I do think that all that, that one really needed from that experience, and I wasn't in it, so I don't know, is like, you knew how great you were. Now mm -hmm. a lot of other people also know it. Oh yeah, and 100%. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, I had to have all of the confidence going into that. And like, there was one point where <laughs> my partner was like, man, like you're learning this song like very quickly. And I'm like, because I have to. Yeah. Like, like, well, I, like I said, thank you. But in my mind, I'm like, it's because I have to. It's because that's a camera and that's a camera. This is also a camera. Like what else am I supposed to do that besides like- button's a camera. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, what else am I supposed to do besides like nail this song into my head as fast as I possibly can? A hundred percent. There's no other option. No other option. And like, you know, one other insider thing is like for the performances out of like the four or five performances that we had, they put us up first 
And then I was also like the one to like start the song because like my partner just like wasn't ready to like be like, okay, like I'm going to sing the song now. Mm-hmm. And so they were just kind of like, they saw me and they're like, okay, Chris, like we think that you're one of the stronger performers and singers. Like you're going to start the show for us. And like, I like set the stage for like the rest of the other couples and stuff that were performing. And, and I'm like, well, you know, God, you're not making mistakes. Like it's not a mistake that they want me to go first. And it's like, you're cut for this moment. Go do it. Like, what else are you going to do? Like, you wanted to sing, now you're singing. And it's just another stage, it's another performance. Like, you're in this for the long haul. This isn't going to be the last show you're going to do. I totally get that. I totally get that. Well, are you ready for the lightning round? I'm ready for the lightning round. Let's do it. I like to keep it on an index card. It makes me feel like a late night talk show host. Great. There are five questions. They're fast questions. They don't have to be fast answers. So feel free to take your time. Question one, what is a favorite ritual of yours? So like mine is brewing tea. Probably praying. Probably praying and and just like being very grateful for what I have. I've experienced a lot of heartache, a lot of emotional loss and trauma. And so I think sometimes when I pray, I'm able to just hold on to what is true. You know, in terms of like grieving my father and my best friend, I lost them on the same day and lost a whole lot of other people. Thanks, man. What God has like revealed to me is like, hey, you have to hold on to what's true. Mm. I have a father that I miss. There's some people that they lose their father, they lose this or that. And they're like, good riddance. I'm glad he's gone. Or they lose their dad and they're like, man, I miss him so much. Like he was barely in my life or something like that. I'm like, I have a dad that I miss. And like, that's just the greatest gift ever. Like, that's what's true. I have a friend that I miss, but look, I have so many other best friends. Like, Mm. that's also true. So yeah, that's probably my greatest ritual is praying and giving gratitude. I mean, I feel the same way about my dad. So I I understand what you mean. Question two, what is a running bit that you have with a friend or a partner that makes you laugh? One of my best friends out here in LA, Blake, he was uh, in um, the National Guard and like (laughs) he like got the Southern accent from this guy from West Virginia and it was, it's like, tell you what. And just like, it's kind of like a king of the hill type thing. And we just kind of talk to each other like that. And as well as like, I, I also had a thing with my friend growing up and we'd call each other boy all the time and like fake racist stuff. And like, it's kind of like Clayton Bigsby type thing. Like, you know, just, you know, when I would, you know, all that stuff, my favorite accent to fake or sure is a Southern accent. You know, one time I met this guy, Clayton. Clayton was from Mobile, Alabama. Of course he was. And he was a really nice guy. And I asked him, I said, Clayton, I'm not trying to be rude. Is that really how fast you talk? And he said, yes, this is it. I swear to you, man, that's how fast the man talked. He couldn't speak any faster than that, and that was fine. But it was like- (laughs) You're like, it's all all good. It was a real eye-opening experience to meet somebody who like they really spoke that quickly. That's insane. Or that slow, so yeah. I love that. Uh, Can you do an impression of one or both of your parents? I guess I definitely do an impression of my dad all the time. Like, hey, Patrick Watson, nice to meet you. I used to pick up the phone and they'd be like, oh, Dr. Watson. I'd be like, no, this is his son. You sound just like him. I'm like, I don't see it or hear it, but you know. I remember when my voice dropped because I used to answer the phone and I'd be like, hello, you know? Yeah. And then and then just one day I was like, hi. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, hi, Lee. That was my dad's name. And I was like, uh, no, it's Josh. And they're like, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you just trying to get out of this? And yeah. it's like, no. no I was like, this no, is really this me. is definitely him. Mm, yeah. Mm, mm. Um, yeah. Have you ever experienced imposter syndrome? And if so, is there a moment that really resonates for you? You know, one time I was like playing a gig and I was playing keys and I'm like, you know, really considered myself like not to be like a keys player. Sure. 
but Me they too. needed one for the night. And I was doing it. And then after I was just like, man, I don't know. Like I felt like I went solidly enough. And then they just like really thanked me for like being able to do that. And we're like, you like really don't understand, but like you really like pulled us together for us. And essentially I was like, you know what that sign is? It's like, hey, continue to practice the piano. Cause you never know like when you're going to need to play it. It was really, it was for my church. And uh, they were like, hey, like, so like you like playing the band? Like, can you play in the band? And I'm like, yeah, like I play the, I sing, I play guitar and I play the drums. They're like, okay, cool. Anything else? I'm like, I like kind of play piano. They're like, okay, great. Like audition with piano. And so that was just like kind of the sign, like keep playing piano. And then, you know, it just keeps on going. And, you know, another year or two down the road, I'm like on this TV show. And they're like, hey, so like we need like some time fillers. Like, hey, like do you guys like want to go and like just like sing a solo song like on piano? Like Chris, you go first. Ryan, you go next. This is... And then like literally like on the show, I'm like basically like the background music in certain transitions. They like have me like on piano, just like playing this and like they edited it in and like, you know, essentially the way they cut me is like, I'm like the musician who just really cares about music and love, which is and was true. I was going to say that does appear in the time that we've gotten to know each other. That seems true to me. Yeah. I care about music and I was trying to find somebody. There you go. So final question for you. And I usually ask, what is your favorite tea or comfort? But I know you drink a lot of tea. I do. So what is your favorite tea? My favorite tea has to be the Savior Throat Coat. Really? Yeah, man. There's been a good handful of situations where it's like potentially psychological and potentially also just what the tea can give you where I'm like, I need a throat coat. I used to use throat coat and I would, um, and I do not recommend this to up and coming musicians, (laughs) but when we would tour, I used to use Fisherman's Friend. Okay. And well, I don't um, even know what that is. It was, it would numb your throat entirely. So oh. you couldn't actually tell it, the, what you, the damage you were doing. Don't recommend it. Don't recommend it. I don't want, I don't want to do that. I don't, don't recommend do it. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Yeah, I learned very quickly that two things. Number one, um, that I had a very specific form of acid reflux that was hurting my vocal cords and that's why my voice was running out. Shiza. And two, I also learned that doing um, really long gigs four nights in a row, including practices during the day was a dumb thing. Dumb. Yep, it was dumb. Yeah, you gotta you gotta hydrate, you gotta relax. I mean, you know, like you you gotta be able to take it easy on yourself sometimes. You I know? did not know that. that. Yeah, I know it now. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. You We're know. learning. We're in our thirties. We're yeah. figuring it out. We're I'm learning figuring it out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is there anything else you want to add? We're at the very end. Anything else you want to add? I mean, I have a new single. It's called "When I'm Alone," and it's so good. By thank the you, way. brother. I appreciate Your voice it. Is just magical on thank that. Thank you, yeah. thank you, man, and. uh, yeah, I have a lot of blues music coming out. I'm actually going to go to uh, Muscle Shoals, Alabama in a couple months and, and finish my album. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to drive over there, take the dog and just- Well, you got to, I mean, Betty does, does not Bam deserve Lam. to miss out on that. Oh, no, of course not. Little Bam. You Little Ram Jam. Little Ram um, Jam. We are going to put all of your um, links, socials, Spotify, everything Perfect. in the show notes. Chris, thank you for coming on. Of course, man. As well as- you can call me Chris because we're friends. Oh, I'm sorry. But yes. if people are looking me up, it's Christopher Watson. Like that's like the, you know, artist name, yeah. all that. And we got to come back because we didn't even get to touch, touch on comedy. Yet. I know that. And I was looking at the time and I'm just like, I, I had so much fun talking to you. Yeah. And I'm like sitting here and I realized, I was like, oh my God, I did not get to comedy. Oh, I, I, we'll just say this one tidbit about Please. comedy. The reason I really started doing it at this stage in my career is because I play shows all the time. And music is still difficult in terms of trying to break through. Yeah. It's so easy to me now. I played this release show 
And it's one of the easiest shows I've ever played. It's also one of the best shows I've ever played. It's very easy to me in a lot of ways. So comedy is extremely challenging. And so I'm like, let's keep challenging myself as an artist. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. like when people are like, it's too late for me to start X. And I'm like, oh, yeah. are, I didn't realize, are you on your deathbed? Yeah. Are you literally? You, you must be. <laughs> yeah. Are both of those legs that you're standing on, are they, they're not going to work tomorrow? You must be gone. Was, yeah. Yeah. You must be dying, yeah. which is fine. Yeah. I'm dying too. Next time we will talk all about comedy. Yeah. Um, we'll and if you also have, we'll link both of your social, because I know you kept them separate. Watson Comedy. I need, I need the followers. We're going to keep them separate. Yeah. Thank you, my man. Appreciate it, brother. Appreciate you. That was Chris Watson. You can find him at Tell Him Watson on Instagram, and you can find his music on tellhimwatson.com and wherever you listen to music. Steep Conversations is produced and edited by Lucas Marshka. Our theme song and additional music are by Oliver Hymack. Our cover art was done by Neil Fraser with photography by Matt Mazisco. Social media by Dia Villegas. Please write a review and rate our podcast on Apple Podcasts and wherever else you can. You can send any questions, comments, newly friend game suggestions, or tea suggestions to steepcombos at gmail.com or tweet us at steepcombos. I'm Josh Lanzette, and you can follow me on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook book at Josh Lanzette. We'll be back next week. So until then, happy steeping. I have a miniature schnauzer. Her name is Betty, specifically Black Betty Bambalam Watson. She's a Ram Jam dog. Ram Jam. Every morning waking her up. Oh, Black Betty Bambalam. Oh, Black Betty Bambalam. Black Betty had a child. Bambalam. The damn thing going wild.